We now take you into a service already in progress where Pastor Ashish exhorts the congregation and leads them in making the declaration. And right after this is a life-changing message for you. Say this out loud, bold and strong with me. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I am saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I am blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I am a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word. I believe His word. And I live by His word. Christ is my master. And to Him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated, please. This morning, I want to talk to us on God's anointing for the marketplace. A couple of Sundays, we've been talking about the marketplace, uh, marketplace mandate. Really, God's commission for us. God's authorization or command for us concerning the marketplace. And this morning, we're going to talk about God's anointing for you in the marketplace. And by anointing, you know, the word anointing is such a technical word. When we use that word, people wonder, you know, what is this thing called anointing? It's a Christian word, technical word. What does it mean? Now, anointing is very simple. It is simply God's supernatural empowering by His Holy Spirit in our lives, released in and through us. That's all the anointing is. Nothing complicated. God's empowering through us. And whatever we are doing, God's empowering by His Holy Spirit, released through each one of us. And uh, we want to talk this morning about God's uh, anointing for the marketplace, for those of us who are in the workplace. Now before I get to that, I want to kind of deal with some holy misconceptions, some misbeliefs that we have concerning the anointing you know every move of God has its uh, ends up with some of the wrong ideas that people develop sometimes it's just sort of not being informed correctly so people have kinds of misconceptions or misbeliefs concerning the anointing I want to address some of that before we get into talking about how the anointing empowers us in the marketplace here are some things that we need to understand or get some facts right some truth right concerning the anointing of God Firstly, we must understand that there is an anointing for every God-ordained activity. For everything God's ordained, there is a supernatural empowering, which is what we call as the anointing. We studied earlier that work was instituted by God. In fact, work was instituted before God instituted marriage. And so work is a God-ordained activity. And therefore, there is an empowering for every believer in the workplace, there is an anointing for you in the workplace. For every believer, there's a supernatural empowering that God has made available for you and me in the marketplace. And uh, a, a, a big misconception many of us have concerning the anointing of God is that the anointing is, you know, we think it's just for spiritual activity. But really, the anointing of God is for every activity that God ordains. You know, we think anointing means, you know, if you're preaching, praying, casting out devils, laying hands on the sick, that's when you need anointing. And we don't connect our everyday work of teaching a class of students, disciplining them. We don't connect writing software programs, doing design, being an architect. We don't connect those things as being anointed by God. And that's something we need to Correct in our understanding and our belief system. Truly, there is an anointing for every God-ordained activity, not just for things that we consider spiritual. Amen? We will look at scripture concerning all of this. The second thing concerning the anointing of God that you and I must understand that the empowering of His Holy Spirit is that the anointing of God does not manifest only in a spiritual atmosphere, but 
Wherever someone has faith and is pursuing a God-appointed purpose. You know, some of our charismatic Pentecostal misconceptions is that, oh, for the anointing of God, you've just got to have the right kind of music. And you've got to have somebody on the keyboard, wonderful music and worship, and then the anointing comes. Now, worship is important. And worship is one of the primary ways that the anointing that we usher in, anointing of God, no questions on it. But it is absolutely wrong to carry this subconscious, unspoken belief that the anointing comes only in worship. That's not biblical. In fact, if you read the Gospels very clearly, you will notice that Jesus never had a choir go with him. Have you ever noticed that? That when he walked through the dusty streets of Jerusalem, where he worked many of his miracles, in people's homes, when he worked miracles, there was no great orchestra playing and choir singing, whatever. None of that. But he was anointed. The anointing was flowing powerfully. So it is very wrong for us to think that the anointing comes only in a spiritual atmosphere. Truly, the anointing comes wherever there is somebody who has faith in God and is doing something that God has told them to do. That's all that's required for the anointing of God to manifest. Amen? And because you are a believer... In the marketplace, doing what God's told you to do. You're doing a God-ordained activity. Whatever it might be, teaching, you're a politician, you're an architect, you're a designer, whatever. You're doing a God-ordained activity. There is an anointing for you right there that you can tap into and see God manifest His power through you. The anointing of God manifests more often during the normal course of activity. Rather than in a supposedly spiritual stance that we maintain. You know, some of us think, you know, for the anointing of God, you got to be like this. Then the anointing manifests. Or some other spiritual stance, that position that you're supposed to be in for God's anointing to flow. And that is not true. The truth is that the anointing of God flows through you and me in the normal course of things. Jesus was walking down the dusty streets and a woman touches him and the Bible says virtue flows out of him and heals him. The crowd, the noise, can you imagine all that? I mean, he was at a wedding feast, at a reception. And like people are not thinking anything close to God. They're all thinking of when can I go get the meal? When can I eat? And you know, how are you? How is everything going? I mean, it's a wedding reception. And there he works his first miracle. Nothing spiritual about being in a wedding reception. So we've got this wrong idea thinking that, you know, you've got to have some sort of spiritual stance for the anointing of God to flow, to hear the voice of God, to work miracles, to release the gifts, when really God works through us in the normal course of our everyday life. Doing what you're doing. He wants to release His power through us. Amen? Connected to this, let me make a few statements here. The operation, the manifestation of God can look very normal, very natural, and very professional. Might come in a suit and a tie. And it does not have to look, feel, and sound spooky spiritual. No, for us, we think when somebody spits on you, throws a jacket on you, pushes you on the ground, that's anointing. And when somebody is just normal, not anointed, very boring. Well, in reality, the opposite might be true. One is doing church gymnastics, the other one is truly anointed. It's just that we're not discerning correctly. So we've got so many misbeliefs concerning the anointing of God. We think it's got to look very spiritual. They've got to go, that says the Lord. I said, that's anointed. Maybe not. He's just playing church games. Because he's got the mic in his hand. Really, the anointing of God, the operation, the manifestation of God's anointing often looks very normal, looks very natural. And God's work, God's at work. Amen? So, we got to get rid of this idea that, you know, for me, I can't take the anointing to the marketplace because they won't let me speak in tongues in the boardroom. See, I need to speak in tongues to release the anointing. No, no, no. Relax. Get rid of your wrong thoughts, your wrong ideas. 
The anointing of God can flow through you when you've got your suit and tie on and you're sitting in that conference room with all the other CEOs and you're in an intense discussion. God's gifts can flow through you. All our wrong ideas and misconceptions concerning the anointing of God has robbed us of the reality that God wants to work through us through the normal course of everyday life. We look for the spooky spiritual. We look for the spectacular thinking that's the anointing and we miss the reality of God's anointing flowing through our lives. Another thing, let me say, connected to this, that the anointing of God flows through a normal course of our life. You know, many times... How do you hear God? Do you hear God in the spirit or do you hear God in the flesh? Spirit. I mean, it's not a trick question. Very simple. You hear God in the spirit, not the flesh. The Bible says the natural man does not perceive the things of God because they are spiritually discerned. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Meaning you hear God in the spirit, not in the flesh. But you know how many of us, we try to hear God in the flesh? So what do you mean? Well, don't disturb me. Close the door. Go away. Fasting, 21 days. You're trying your flesh to hear God and do what you want. Your flesh will not hear God. Because you do not hear God in the natural. You hear God in the spirit. What you must do is quieten your spirit. Now, if quietening your flesh helps you to quieten your spirit, that is good. Be my guest. Do it. But I'd rather be busy in the body and have a quiet spirit so that I can hear God all the time. It's not how quiet your flesh is that's going to determine how you can hear from God. It's how quiet you're in your inner man that's going to determine if you can hear from God. And the fact is, the world will all around us will always be noisy. So get used to being in a noisy world, but having a quiet heart so that you can hear from God. The spirit bears witness with our spirit, not the flesh. Amen? I mean, look at the times Jesus heard from the Father. He was in a mourning ceremony before Lazarus' tomb. The moment Jesus came, the noise went up. The weeping noise. He didn't say, shh, I need to hear from God. Keep quiet. No. There are all these people weeping and making all kinds of noise. And Mary and Martha were complaining. Lord, if you had come here earlier, you know, my brother would not have done. I mean, all this scene. And here God, Jesus saying, Father, I know you've heard me. For their sakes, I'm, I'm, I'm just talking to you. And then he says, Lazarus, come forth. So he didn't have to do anything to quieten his flesh because he was quiet in his heart where he could hear from the Father. Amen? So let's understand the anointing of God and how it flows and operates correctly. And many times we get into a lot of wrong things trying to manifest the power of God. The last thing about God's anointing is this, that The true test of God's anointing is in the enduring fruit it produces through life transformation and the establishing of God's kingdom in the hearts and lives of people. The true test of God's anointing is not what you feel, but it's in the fruit that you bear. But you know how we say it? I felt the anointing. So the anointing is there. The true test is not whether you felt the anointing. It's not if you felt good. The true test is, have you become good? Amen? The true test of the anointing is not if you felt something. The true test of the anointing is, have you become something? Being in that presence, that in the atmosphere of the anointing, has it changed you? Has it delivered you? Did it set you free? Did it change you a little bit more like Jesus? That's the true test of it, whether it's the anointing or not. Amen? It's not what you feel. Sometimes you don't feel anything like these Sunday mornings and it's hot. But you're being changed. Amen? Your life's being changed. Things are being dismantled. And and your heart's being affected. The anointing's at work. So the true test of the anointing is not whether you feel something. It's what you become. Has it changed you? That's the true test. Now, I'm not disregarding the fact that you can feel the anointing. Yes, you can feel the presence of God. But you don't stop there. That has to change. It has to result in in a change of heart. It has to result in a transformation of life. Amen? All right. So that deals with some of the sacred cows that we have concerning the anointing of God. All all dismantles. You're all clear now. Okay. Let's talk about what does the anointing of God, the empowering of God do for us in the marketplace. We believers out there in the workplace, Monday through Saturday, you're doing stuff in the marketplace. What does the anointing of God 
do? What can we expect? What are the results? And I want to, and I go through some of them here. I might go through them quickly, but please take time to look at these scriptures that we referred to. Number one, the anointing of God releases skill and talent. And I'm just going to give a couple of scriptural examples on these statements that I'm making. But there are several more that we can pick out from scripture. The anointing of God releases skill and talent. God can empower you by His Holy Spirit. And you can have talents, gifts, things operating through you. Capabilities coming out through your life that are really birthed by God in you. And may not have anything to do with natural you know, things that you might have inherited or been trained in. Look at some examples. In Exodus chapter 31, verses 1 through and 6. God speaks to Moses and says, Moses, I have anointed this man Bezalel, and I've filled him with my spirit, and I've given him wisdom to devise, I mean, to come up with cunning artistic works in gold, in silver, in precious stones. And I've also anointed a few others with him to get this work done. Meaning God supernaturally anointed these people to be skilled craftsmen. And they were able to produce all kinds of artistic things in gold and silver and in other precious stones. They came out with these things. Creative ideas. Amen? And remember, in those days, there was no NID, no fast school of fashion technology, none of that. So these guys had never been to any of these schools. But they were supernaturally endowed by the Holy Spirit to come up with these things. Skill and talents. To work with metal and all of that. Now also understand that they didn't do this sitting in church. It was out there and it, was, it must have been really dusty, noisy, hot, sweaty. Working with all these metals. Can you imagine? And God says they are anointed. Amen. Anointed in the marketplace. Think about Daniel and his four friends. They were studying in the Babylonian university, meaning it's a foreign university. People around them were strangers. And they, had to, they, they were enrolled there in that university, taught the literature and the knowledge of the Babylonians. And yet in Daniel 1.17 it says, God gave these four men knowledge and skill in all learning and in all wisdom. And they excelled. More than the students, the other students. Supernatural release of skills and talent by the Holy Spirit. Expect that. You and I must expect that in the marketplace. Number two, what does the anointing of God result in in the marketplace? Number two, it releases supernatural wisdom and insight to solve problems or plan for the unforeseen. Wisdom. Foresight, insight is given to us by the anointing of God's Holy Spirit. Look at some examples in the Bible of Joseph. In the 41st chapter of Genesis, verses 15, 16, 37 to 40. Joseph was in prison at that time. And Pharaoh, the, the ruler of Egypt, had two dreams. And he called his wise men. They were actually magicians, practitioners of witchcraft. He called me, he said, can you tell me my dream and can you tell me my dream and what it means? And uh, they were not able to tell him the meaning of the dream. So somebody remembers that there's a man called Joseph in prison who's got this gift to interpret dreams. And, and he, Joseph is called to Pharaoh. And uh, Joseph interprets the dreams, but he doesn't stop there. Joseph also says, this is the meaning of the dream, but this is what I'll advise you to do. During those seven years of plenty, save up 20% of everything. And the seven years of famine, you sell it back to the people so that the people will have food and your government will have money. And uh, Pharaoh says, this is a brilliant man. Can we find such a man in whom the spirit of God is? Can you find someone like this in whom there is a spirit of God? Because this truly had to be the work of the Holy Spirit helping him to do this. So wisdom, ability to plan, to have foresight was given by the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit has not changed across testaments. Amen. Testaments have changed. People have changed. But God and, and, and His Spirit has not, have not changed. God can do the same things today. Think about Daniel in Daniel chapter 5 verses 8 through 14. Daniel was in a Babylonian court. And you know, the king, King Belshazzar at this time, who succeeded Nebuchadnezzar, he had his advisory board. They call them wise men in those days. And these wise men were actually practitioners of witchcraft. They were magicians. They tapped into demonic powers, which is what made them quote-unquote wise. Now, can you imagine that Daniel was classified, a categorized as one of the wise men? Some of you complain about your work environments. Think about Daniel's work environments. I mean, he was part of a team where the rest of the people were actually practicing witchcraft. And he was part of the team. The only difference was he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. Whereas the rest of his team members practiced black magic. And yet Daniel stood out because of the anointing of God. So I think some of us need to stop complaining about our work environment and open our lives to what the Spirit of God can do through us. Amen. And what happened to Daniel? One day the, there was a hand that came and there was a handwriting on the wall and Belshazzar calls all his wise men, ex excluding Daniel, says, can you tell me what's the meaning of it? And none of them are able to interpret it. And uh, Daniel is called for. He says, Daniel, we know the spirit of God is in you. Meaning you've got a different spirit. Our spirits couldn't help us. But we know the spirit of God is in you. Can you help us? And Daniel interprets. The king himself said, Inasmuch as the Spirit of God is in you, there is none as wise and as discreet as you are. In such an environment, the Holy Spirit made Daniel stand out with wisdom, with understanding, and he took his place. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 through 12, you know, things which eyes haven't seen, which ears haven't heard, which man has never even thought of. Such things God's prepared for us who love Him. And God reveals them to us by His Spirit. Amen. Wisdom from God is available for us in the marketplace. Number four. God enables us to go beyond ourselves by the anointing. You can go beyond yourself in your place of work. Look at one example. In 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verses 11, 12, and 19. This is about David. David began his career as a shepherd boy. And he was a freelance musician. While taking care of the sheep, he just played on his harp, sang songs and wrote psalms. And then later on, he became a soldier. He, because of his exploits killing Goliath, he became a soldier, a leader in the army. Later on, became a king. But he had never studied architecture. Never been to a school of engineering or an architecture. Never. But in 1 Chronicles, the 28th chapter, at the end of his life, and he's handing things over to Solomon. Part of what he gives to Solomon is the design, the plan, the blueprint for Solomon's temple. Here's a shepherd boy, a soldier, a king. Drawing up the design for one of the best temples, structures of his day, of his time. Never been trained, never been taught in any of this. And David clearly states over there in 1 Chronicles 28, he says, All this I have by the Spirit of God. I received the blueprint for this by the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit can empower you and me to go beyond ourselves. Isaiah 28 verses 5 and 6 scripture that we've seen many times where God says I will show forth my glory and my beauty through my people. How? I will be a spirit of justice to those who sit in judgment and I'll be strength to those who turn the battle back at the gate. Meaning 
I will be the anointing for the judges. I will be this empowering of strength to those who fight battles. God empowers you and me in whatever vocation we are called to do. Helps us go beyond ourselves. Amen. Now, therefore, you know, don't get scared if somebody puts up an opportunity before you, something you feel you're not trained to do, you've never done it before, and yet you feel, I should take it. Go ahead. Expect God to empower you by His Spirit and to do an excellent job. Trust God. Step out. And yet on the other hand, I was warned us we shouldn't misuse this. That means, so God will empower me to go beyond myself so I don't need to study, don't need to go to college. <laughs> no. That is the wrong application of this truth. The right way to do it is you do what you have to do with the natural. You get your training, you get your preparation, everything. And then when, as challenges come before you, expect God to empower you to go beyond yourself. And He will. Number four, the anointing of God results in supernatural efficiency and productivity. God empowers us and, uh, for increased efficiency and productivity. Again, several examples in the Bible that you and I can see. Think about David and Goliath. David's going to meet this big giant of a warrior who comes with, you know, Goliath comes with all his armor. He's got a spear. He's got an armor bearer. He comes with all these things. Here comes David with a sling and a few stones. And who wins? The one with a lesser weapon. Amen. In God's hand, even the little you have, He can multiply it and bring out tremendous output, tremendous results. Another case in point is in Judges chapter 7, when Gideon has to lead the people of God against the Midianite army. Initially, 32,000 people show up and God says, that's too many. I'll do it with 300. Just take 300 soldiers. So with 300 soldiers... Gideon goes out against the Midianite army. We don't know how big the army is. It's just, it's probably two or three times, you know. Uh, the Bible just says it's numerous, a huge army, maybe 60,000 people or more. 300 men going out against such a huge army and they win the war because God stepped in. Amen. Increased efficiency, increased productivity by the empowering of God. Jonathan said in 1 Samuel 14, 6, there's no restraint with God, whether to save by many or by few. It's not about the numbers you have, but it's the anointing of God that will increase the output, bring out productivity. Amen? Another effect of God's anointing upon us is that we can expect to release God's creativity. Meaning, you can expect God to give you some new ideas, creative ideas. Things that eyes haven't seen, which ears haven't heard, which hasn't entered into the heart of man. Such things God can reveal to you by His Spirit. Amen? See, when you need information, you use a search engine. Maybe you use Google. It's like, just Google it. Come up with some new information. The Holy Spirit is God's search engine. The Bible says He searches all the deep things of God. Meaning He knows everything. And we got to ask Him, Holy Spirit, reveal. Give me some ideas here. What should I do? And He will reveal. And then think about the impact of creative ideas today. Think of how the mobile phone has revolutionized communication. I'm like, even some little cobbler sitting somewhere has a mobile phone. Just, just about anybody has a mobile phone. Just revolutionized communication. And now we've got the iPhone, the iPad. Think about how it's affected our lives. And this is globally. Gone are the days when you could hear the ruffle of Bible pages turning. Everything now is like people are using their phones or looking up the Bible on their phone. This affected every part of our life. Creative ideas. And you and I can be people. Who are inspired by God to bring out things which eyes are yet to see, ears have yet to hear, and man is yet to understand. Isaiah, the 28th chapter, verses 24 to 29, has an interesting passage because it talks about a farmer. The farmer who's never been to the University of Agricultural Sciences, he's never studied this. 
How did he know back in the days when they began farming? How did the farmer know how to plough the ground? Where to sow the seed? And how to harvest the seed or the crop? And how to process different crops differently? How did he know that? Isaiah 28, 24 to 29 says, God instructs him to wisdom. If God could teach a farmer how to plough the ground, where to sow the seed, how to harvest the crop, and how to process different crops differently. If God could release that kind of information to a farmer, how much more can He release information to you and me in the workplace, in whatever we are doing? Amen? But whatever, whether it's computers or design, whatever, God can release creative insights to us. The Bible teaches us that Jesus, who is the wisdom of God, is made unto us wisdom. Christ is available for us as wisdom. And Colossians 2 and verse 3 says, In Him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So truly as believers, we do have access into God's wisdom, into these treasures, hidden secrets. It's up to us to tap in and say, God, I want to be one of those who can bring something into this world. Even if it can affect five. 10, 20, I want to do it. Amen? Another aspect of God's anointing, another aspect of God's anointing in the marketplace is that it brings marketplace miracles. You and I can expect God to work miracles for us in the marketplace. Amen? God doesn't work miracles only in church when you stand in line and have somebody pray for you. God works miracles Monday through Saturday in the marketplace through you. Amen? Interesting story about Jesus in Matthew 17. You know, these people from the temple, they came and to Peter and said, Peter, they do, does your master pay taxes, temple taxes? And Peter said, yeah, we do pay taxes. And then Jesus heard that. He knew about that. He said, Peter, I want you to go to the sea, cast in a hook. The first fish you catch will have a coin in its mouth. Pay taxes for yourself and me. And, me. and that's exactly what happens. Amen? Now, do you believe God can put a coin in the mouth of a fish? God can put a coin in the mouth of a fish. Do you believe that? Now, do you believe God can put money into your bank accounts? All right. About two years ago, a little over two years ago, the beginning of the year, our business was doing very bad. And that particular month, I had no money to pay our staff. Absolutely no money. I mean, things are so bad. And you know those, those years... 2008, 2009, and so on. Things were very bad in the business. And it was tough. And that mother said, God, end of the month, I don't have money to pay my employees, my staff. No money. I remember I was driving up over Hebal flyover. Flyovers are good. They bring you closer to God. <laughs> I was driving to work that morning. It was the beginning of another week. I was driving up, about fire, getting to the office. And here I was crying out to God. God, things are so bad. I need you to intervene, something. And that very moment, this thought went through. And I had not read Matthew 17 for some time. But this thing went through my mind. In a flash. The God who put the coin in the mouth of a fish can put money into your bank accounts. I didn't know where this thought came from. But it had to be God's. Because I was not thinking it. So right there up above on uh, the Hebal flyover, driving, speaking in tongues. This just came into my spirit. And right that moment, I made a declaration. I said, I serve the God who puts money in the mouth of a fish. And my, the same God who puts money in the mouth of a fish will put money into my bank accounts. I just made the declaration. I didn't know how it's going to happen. Just it's the beginning of the week. Went to the office, and a customer that we'd worked with like more than two and a half years ago, a long time ago, when we had done, we were in an engagement with them, we'd done work, and things went very bad, we took a big loss, and uh, the projects didn't materialize and so on, because all things happened there. I get an email saying, at that time, we did work, your company went through a loss, what's the loss we want to repay? So, I did a calculation, and you know, that time was a very difficult time for many organizations, so I said, you know, in my estimation, we probably lost about $80,000. But if you give us $40,000, I'll be happy. 
By the end of that week, $40,000 was in the bank account. And God, who put money in the mouth of a fish, put money in the bank account. And we were able to go through that period. Amen? And like this, there are so many stories of just God doing miracles in the marketplace. Last year was a great year for us as a business. It was a good year of harvest. I was able to give raise to my employees in the middle of the year. End of the year, we gave bonus to everyone. The beginning of this year, uh, we again gave another raise to all our employees because God's blessed us. Two weeks ago, I was just sitting on my bed. I was sitting on my bed. Not praying, not kneeling, not holding hands, nothing. I was sitting on my bed. An unspiritual position, maybe. <laughs> I was just sitting on my bed. And in my mind, I wasn't even speaking it. In my mind, I was thinking thoughts to God. It's okay to think to God. God understands. He who searches the heart knows what the mind of the spirit is. God knows your heart. So I was just thinking to God. I said, God, you know... There are some of these employees, some of my staff, they've been with me, some of them have been with me six, seven years, so committed, working. God, what more can I do to bless their lives? That's all I was thinking. I didn't even say it. I didn't pray. I didn't speak in tongues, nothing. I was just thinking this, God, what more can I do to bless their lives? I was thinking about some of my employees who've been there for seven years or more. That day, this was two weeks ago, that day, I go to the office. I get an email from one of our customers overseas saying, we'd like you to send some of your employees to work at our office for a long term. Can you do it? And so everything worked out. These people who've been so committed, we're sending them off on site for an extended period of time. Amen? It may not be anything big for you, but for me, it's huge. Running a small company. And saying, God, to see God, how God, I'm just thinking these thoughts and God just works this thing out. Amazing. Amen. So if you ask me, do you believe God works miracles in the marketplace? He does a whole lot outside than inside. Amen. He does a whole lot more out there, Monday through Saturday, than here on Sundays. Amazing miracles that God does. And I want you, because of the anointing of God, to expect miracles to take place through your life. And the last thing I want to talk about the anointing of God. Is that because you are anointed by God. God anoints you to destroy demonic yokes and burdens. The marketplace is of great interest to Satan. To the devils. Many of us think you know the devil only comes to crusades. And you can chase him out. And get him on TV. Put him on telecast. We cast the devils. Maybe you'll think that's where the devil shows up. But really. The marketplace is one of Satan's most interested areas. We can prove it from scripture. In Ezekiel the 28th chapter, the 16th verse, talking about Satan, Lucifer, before his fall. It says that Satan was in charge of the trading, the business of this world. By the increase of your trading, you have become corrupted. Another area of Satan, of Lucifer, was he was in charge of worship. That's why he's so interested in music. He was also in charge of business, trading, the Bible says. In Luke chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, in the temptation of Jesus, one of the temptations, Satan, the Bible says, Satan shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of it. What is the glory of the kingdom? It's those wealth, it's the influence, it's the power, it's the control that these kingdoms have. Satan shows Jesus all this and he says, I will give you all this because it's given to me. What we must understand, and out of the marketplace, the enemy is at work. Especially in the high levels of influence. Why? Because the decisions that are made there can affect entire nations, cities, great populations of people. When people there are corrupt, fulfill demonic agendas, lives are affected. The gospel is hindered. So that's why. Satan is very interested in these power centers of the world. Because through that, millions are influenced. When you've got people coming into the boardroom, into the conference room, making decisions that would, you know, carry out their own agenda. Sometimes they're demonically inspired agendas to capture the minds, to infiltrate populations with wrong ideas, wrong things that corrupt 
powered society and yet produce money. Satan is at work. But I want you to know that as a man and woman of God, there is an anointing on your life that destroys yokes and removes burdens. And when you, as an anointed man and woman of God, go and sit in that room, along with maybe four, five, six CEOs, who all come with some, some of their own personal agendas, or sometimes the ideas they're carrying could be demonically inspired, because they're there to make money at whatever cost, and they're sitting there, and you are there as an anointed man, or as an anointed woman of God, you are carrying something can dis- that can dismantle every demonic agenda that they've come there with. And you've got it in you to ensure that at the end of the meeting, righteousness is established and not what Satan wants, but what God wants. That his will is done on earth because you are there anointed by the Spirit. Amen. So I want to encourage you to arise. Depend on the anointing of God in the marketplace to see righteousness established so that millions of lives can benefit. Be blessed. Rather than the pockets of a few people accumulating wealth through corruption and unjust means and and corrupting the minds and degrading society. We need anointed righteous men and women of God going into these power centers where decisions are made. And turn the tables and see his kingdom come, his will be done. And every believer is anointed to do that. At whatever level. Maybe it's at the grassroots level. That's good because you might affect the community. Maybe it's at a high level where cities, nations are affected. That's great. You'll affect millions of people. But we need anointed men and women of God going out to make a difference. So this morning I want to close by just challenging you and me. To use our spiritual gifts to transform our workplace. The gifts of the Spirit are not just for us to have fun in, in, you know, in nice, close, cozy church settings. The gifts of the Spirit are given to us to transform this world. To bless this world. To make sure that righteousness is done. That His kingdom comes and His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the only people who can make it happen is you and I, anointed men and women of God, who go out there and use our God-given gifts and the anointing and the empowering that comes from His Holy Spirit to transform our places of work. Simple things that you, can, you and I can practice is, you know, practice the presence of Jesus at all times. Jesus is with you, not only here in church, but when you go out there to your office, Monday through Saturday, practice His presence. He's with you there. He's interested in working through you there in that office where you go, in that classroom where you teach, on the soccer field where you might be coaching people, behind those cameras where you might be doing those dances and acting in front of those cameras. I mean, whatever you're doing, whether it's arts or entertainment or media or sports or education or government, whatever you are, wherever you are, Jesus is with you. Second, Pray and perceive what God is saying. You know, it's those simple little prayers that you make that can make all the difference. Get into the habit of doing it. Maybe you're sitting talking to somebody. Just in your, in your heart, you don't even have to open your mouth. That inside you just say, Lord, give me the right word to say. You're trying to design something. God, can you inspire an idea? Just a simple one-liner can make all the difference. It connects you to God. Amen? But God's not impressed by how long you pray. He just responds to the fact that you prayed and expecting Him to do something. So just learn to pray. In the course of every day, just connect with God. Lord, here's a problem. How do I solve it, God? Or God, I'm going to this meeting. Help me to make the right decisions. Simple. Short prayer. Practice doing that through the day, through the week. And then, perceive. Listen to what God is saying. Because when you call unto Him, He's going to answer. Call unto me and I will answer you. So it's a two-way thing. So when He calls, it's okay, God, be sensitive. Remember, be calm in the Spirit. Because you need to hear from God. You know, outside you might be walking, you might be talking, you might be pressing the button, writing, whatever, you know, so you're doing whatever you have to do. But inside, be calm. Remain still. So you can hear Him. And then, 
release or the Lord imparts. If God gives you an idea, discuss it. Don't have to say, shh, God's anointing is coming. You'll be like, what's wrong with this guy? You know? No, just in a very simple way, you know, say, hey guys, I got an idea. Let's talk about it. But you know it was not your idea. It came from God. Share it. Discuss it. Put it to the test. Act on it. Do something with it. Release what the Lord imparts. Amen? There's an anointing for all of us in the marketplace. The question is, will you and I tap into it? Will you and I walk in it? When we as God's people will go out into the world, whatever we are doing, do it by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. We will truly be salt and light in our city. A voice to our nation and to the nations. Amen? Let's take a moment just to pray. I want you to pray and say, God, I'm just an ordinary man or a woman. But I believe you can do great things through my life. I want this anointing we've been hearing about. I want the empowering of the Holy Spirit in my life. Whatever vocation you are in. Even if you're a homemaker, pray over every cake you bake. Every biryani you make, pray. Ask God for some new ideas, new recipes. Ask God how to, you know, help your spouse take care of their health. Whatever. Bless your children. Bless others. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. There's an anointing. If you're a homemaker, there's an anointing there. As a homemaker, you can make a difference for the kingdom of God. Nobody is excluded from this. Whatever your vocation is, God wants to supernaturally empower you by His Spirit. In whatever you have to do. So that He can be glorified. Lives can be touched and changed. The question is if you and I are willing just to ask the Lord. Tap into it. Walk in it. And then we'll have more and more stories. More and more testimonies of, of God doing amazing things. Will you take a moment just to pray right now? I want to pray with you after you pray. Just believe God for miracles in the workplace. Some of you might be standing here this morning and say, God, I need a miracle in my life concerning my job, my career, my profession, concerning my business, whatever it is. And we're going to pray over that. But before we do that, I want you to pray and say, God, anoint me. I want your anointing on my life. In the marketplace. In my office, in my school, in my place of business. I want your anointing, God. I want your supernatural empowering over my life. Father, we, we pray, God, that truly each one of us will be anointed men and women in the marketplace. Carrying the anointing of God into our places of work, wherever they might be. Touching lives, making a difference, showing your greatness and your glory, and blessing people's lives by the empowering that comes from the Holy Spirit. Lord, increase what you're doing. Thank you for what you have done, Lord. But we ask you to increase it more and more through each one of us. Out there in the marketplace. In our daily work. In our business. Increase Lord your anointing. Increase what you manifest. Increase the miracles. Increase the supernatural empowering. Through each one of us oh God. Increase it Lord. And may we be able to touch lives for your kingdom. And see people saved and healed and delivered. And lives changed. We thank you, God.
Let's pray together. Father, we just pray for anyone here who's got needs, whatever their needs might be this morning. We pray, God, that you will release your miracle working power in this place. Work miracles, oh God, work miracles. Do mighty things. Do mighty things. Father, we just pray that you will work miracles in this place, mighty miracles in homes and people's lives, in the marketplace, in the places of work. Release miracles. A people see your glory, God, working in their lives, in their circumstances, and in their situations. We thank you for hearing the prayers of your people. We thank you for doing wonders, for doing miracles, God. We just thank you. We think, thank you, God. And we bless you. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Expect miracles in the marketplace. Expect the anointing of God upon your life in the marketplace. Let's close. Arise and shine because your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Though darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the people, yet the Lord shall arise upon you and His glory will be seen upon you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.